This is episode 27 of the Rebooted Drinks with Tony podcast. Started in 2002 online and on radio, it's mostly been an interview show with authors as well as musicians, filmmakers, and when we had a f- when we had to fill 2 hours of programming, there was a lot of music specials as well as guest DJs that came in. So here we are at week 27 of the reboot, and I hope to get a lot of the archives online as I find them and organize them. Since we're talking interviews and shows from 2002, some of those recordings were taped right off the board to my mini DV cam audio input. Or wait a second, my nifty forward thinking and the future of technology mini disc recorder. But fear not, I'll try to get all of this transferred at some point Interviews with Parker Posey, Nick Cave, Steve Buscemi, uh, Todd Salons, Ali Sheedy, hundreds of more in there at some point will be on the drinkswithtony.com website. Now, back to our present and current moment in time. Enjoy this episode. Tell your friends, share on social media, and remember to spay and neuter your pets and children. What's up, everyone? This is Ace for Salmon, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. All right, you're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Acer Salman. She is the author of The Wrong End of the Table, a mostly comic memoir of a Muslim Arab American woman just trying to fit in. Hello, Acer. Hello, Tony. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, I'm so happy to have you on. Your book is hilarious, by the way. Well, thank you. But we want, I want to start with something very serious, a very serious topic yes. about peeing your pants. <laughs> Perfect, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that story because I peed my pants in school too. I was that kid too. So. Oh, yeah. oh my God, where did, we, where did you grow up? We could have been like pee mates. Well, that sounds, <laughs> never mind. That's, that sounds weird. Forget it. <laughs> All right, a proposition within the first minute on Drinks with Tony. <laughs> okay, not that kind. <laughs> my mother is already horrified about the, some of the things in the book. So let me just be clear. We could have been, um, I, you know what, there's no way to get out of that. No, it's fine. It's fine. So your mother has read the book, and what, what does she think of it? She, you know what, um, she likes, mo- she loves most of it. And there's parts of it, obviously, that, you know, the, 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 the more serious stuff, the dating parts, she's like, well, you know, I didn't know that, that I didn't know that you were that person, you know, that whole thing. But, um but for the most part, she's really proud. Yeah. yeah, she's really proud. And, um, you know, I think I did the audio book. I, I recorded it. And, oh, and um, yeah, it was really fun. And um, I think my I was most nervous about how to portray her with her accent for some reason. I don't know why. So I was worried about that. And, and she had informed me that I, I didn't quite get the dialect right, that I made her sound like I was coming. she was coming from a different region. So, yeah. so there was that. But for the most part, yeah, I think she's... I think she's happy. Maybe we should we should call her and find out. We'll patch her through in a minute. Okay, so now you have to give us your uh, mom's accent and how you would portray it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I see. Okay, you're good. Um, <laughs> she would. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just trying to have fun. <laughs> she would say, uh, "Asa, why are you? Why are you? What? Don't you have anything better to do than to talk about your uh, facial hair and how people called you Azer Razor?" And don't you have, you're a, you're a mature woman, a mature Arabic woman, you know, it's like that kind of. But I think, you know, 
that with a little more. It's, it's still hard to get the accent. Strange, yeah, yeah. strange for some reason. Even though I'm hearing it, maybe I've blocked it out. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the, do we want to talk about the peeing thing, or are we just going to leave people hanging? Uh, we can leave. Well, speaking of peeing and leaving things hanging, um, we we can come back around to it. You know, the the mom thing just sounds really interesting because culturally. You're probably doing the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do as a proper Muslim daughter, yes? Or, or tell me I'm out of my mind and that's a bad question. No, 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 no. Not, first of all, none of these are bad questions. These are all great questions. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, what, what's interesting about it is that my family, my family is Muslim, but they're not, um, they, they're more, they lead with the culture more. So it, it, what that means is that we, they, they brought me up with the religion, but it wasn't, we didn't have, we didn't read the Quran every, every you know, weekend and, and do that like a lot of my friends had, you know, Quran reading, Bible study, that kind of thing. And what, so that allowed me to come up with my own, you know, find my way with the religion later. It, it made it a lot easier. Um, but it was very, we're very cultural, very much cultural. You know, it's, we, we were, I guess... I would, there, we're all first generation. No, is it first generation when you're born here? I forget how it works. Well, we came, we, we were fresh off the boat. Let's just yeah, put it yeah, that yeah. way. I learned English with my mother. And, you know, I was in kindergarten. No, yeah, kindergarten, I think. Um, a preschool, I guess. But, uh, so it was always, you know, there was the, let's, let's allow, you know, we want to fit in. But what is the family back home going to think? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it's, there's a lot of pressures there. And I always, that's why I give them leeway. I mean, when I was a child, it pissed me off. Can I say it pissed me off? Yeah. Okay. What we were just talking about pee sex, you know? So we're good. Well, we weren't, no, you know what? <laughs> you, start, you started on this whole, like, let's pee and have sex thing. And I was like, no, no. no. I don't <laughs> think I said that, my friend. I don't think I, <laughs> wait a minute. This is how things get misconstrued. I don't think that sex was ever brought up. <laughs> I'm just doing a Twitter thing where they make things worse and worse and worse. I'm sorry. I, ki- I kicked you out of your narrative that you were in. That was amazing. You know what? This, this, you'll find that I tend to, to me. Well, you probably, when you read the book, you notice I meander. So I'm, I'm, I'm good about coming back to it, though. So, um, but what was I saying? What was my point? Is that uh, she, they wanted us to fit in, but at the same time, there was this constant like voice, this, this um, wizard behind the curtain or whatever that lived overseas that we had to, you know, well, let's not, we don't want to do anything that would piss off the, the relatives back home. Right. So that's where it became this whole thing of, you know, I want to do the things I want to do. I want to, I went to American high school. I wanted to go to prom. You know, I had to, exp- I had, I found, and I'm the oldest and I'm the oldest woman and that the, or I mean, I'm sorry, the oldest, uh, I'm the oldest of my family, the eldest kid, but I was also the oldest daughter. And so that came with that came responsibilities of, um, you know, you have to set a good example and, you know, it's funny because my brother is the middle child, the classic middle child, where he just kind of wanted to hang out and do play with his computers. And I wanted to go out. I just want to go hang out and I wanted to have a social life. I was convinced, it's a, you know, it's an interesting thing because I was convinced that my parents were stopping my social life from happening. But let's be real. I was a nerd and I don't think that, I think it, it might have been a blessing in disguise. Had I been more, had I had more, more you know, wherewithal, I could have blamed, oh, my parents. But I was so embarrassed because I f- was so different because this was, this was Kentucky. But um, trying to answer your question. So, yeah, so I found ways of doing it the way I wanted to. So and what I mean by that is I kind of played the political game. So 
prom, I couldn't go. You can't go to, no, you're not going to go to prom with a boy. Okay, fine. So I'm going to get a group of my friends and we're going to rent a limo and go to the prom together. Oh, the prom is a, it's a college, it's a, it's a pre-college requirement, mom, you know, that whole thing. And, um, yeah, I, you know, it, it's, it's called, I call it creative marketing. Um, you know, lifeguarding. They wouldn't like, they didn't want me, they, they, they kind of, you know, it was always the, the, um, the thing that stood out most of them was the obvious thing. So lifeguarding, I wanted to do it to get tan, to get a tan and get paid for it. I mean, obviously I took my job very seriously. Nobody, you know, was hurt or anything on my watch, but you know, you're in high school. That's what you want to do. And they didn't love that idea. They didn't love the idea of me literally being up on a pedestal with boys, you know, being able to look, you know, at me or whatever. And so I told them I was saving lives and, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, health professionals are in the pharmacy industry. And so I was kind of following in their footstep and made up this whole thing. I mean, it was exhausting. It was kind of like my sister was the more rebellious. And so she would just basically dig in her heels and, you know, yell at them for ruining her life. And, um, and that kind of sometimes worked and sometimes didn't. But at that point, I think they were so they felt bad about, you know, ruining my life, quote unquote. So, um, so yeah. So to answer your question, it was, yes, I wanted to do the things I wanted to do. And I, you know, I didn't care about this other, what I thought was a stupid culture back then, you know, cause I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to, yeah. I grew up Jehovah's witness. So that was like just this kooky cult. And so I was trying to fit in as well. That's why I couldn't. That, that's why we go back to the peeing the pants thing. I had no idea how to deal with so-called people who weren't Jehovah's Witnesses when I was in first grade. So I didn't know I could just ask somebody to go pee. So I just held it in until. And then when I later found out that you know when my mom was going, wait a second, why do you smell like pee? But you know, I was like, oh, because I had to pee. And she's like, you know, you can ask. And it, it, it just didn't occur to me because those weren't Jehovah's Witnesses. So her second question was, why don't you wear underwear? But um, but I don't. I'm still trying to figure that one out, and that's therapy next week. But cool, cool. But wait, what I want to know is where were the adults? Don't they monitor? I mean, because that was the thing. Well, I had a really nice, you know, a whatever they're the teacher's aide or something who yeah. realized, you know, and and helped me find some clean, dry clothes. Oh, so, okay. but you, they literally left you in, you know. To your own devices for the rest of the day. How, yeah. what, how old were you? I, at the, well, I was six at the time. It was a suburb of San Francisco in the 1970s. You know, they're just, you know. So you were like, anything goes? Is that where you're, where are you leading with that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't leading anywhere. I was, I was just uh, finding common ground with our, um, with our loose bladders as kids. I mean, because you, you, you had kind of the same issue where you didn't know to ask, right? Like, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, but they... I never thought I would be doing a podcast about the not being able to, <laughs> not being able to ask to go to the bathroom. I, I didn't know it was going to go this way. I like real. My bucket list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I. Um, yeah, it was. It was. You know, it. It was asking, and calling attention to myself. That's what it was, which probably was the Whoa, case. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was because we we they lined up before. The, what was it lunchtime or something they lined up everyone to go and I didn't want to go at the time and then oh, right. and then I was like I I need to go now and I don't want to ask anybody to get up because it was, it was weird like Harry Potter kind of style cafeteria I don't know okay. like with this long table I don't know what was, it was very different yeah. yeah yeah so I, that, and this was in Kentucky and this is Ohio, this is Ohio. Yeah. we were we started out in Ohio and and like I said I apologize I pre-apologized to the 
people in, of Ohio who are, were reading this book is because a lot of weird stuff happened to me that happened in Ohio that, you know, I don't think is a normal thing. So it just kind of put me off of Ohio for that reason. It's nice of you to apologize. I mean, I feel like um, there's assholes everywhere, so why not just dig in and just make them pay for, you know, make them pay by being writers and <laughs> shoving it up their asses? I don't know. Well, I think that's part of the uh, the whole, like, me being an immigrant constantly still wanting, even even though now I finally found my voice, is still kind of going, oh, I don't want to... I don't want to upset people because you you know yeah. been around so many different types of people and yeah, yeah. you know yeah. it's it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Are we going to talk about what we found in the desk? Look look at you look at you taking over the podcast. <laughs> yes okay yeah uh, thank you. This, <laughs> this is this drinks with Acer and um, she wants to talk. So we're at the alcove in Los Feliz and we're just sitting here and there's notes in the desks of what we're um, of where we're at. And you have a note there that we pulled out, and um, you're going to read it. And hopefully, it's a note to somebody that they felt um, they couldn't tell the person in person. So it's like a wish. Do you think? Does it read like it's a wish? Like it's a wish, maybe that. I, you know what? It's super sweet. It was written on May. Well, yeah, May 25, 18. So last year, not okay. uh, almost less, less than a year ago. And, and is there like? Do we have a full name or just a partial name? M and M, always and oh, is it always or maybes and forever? Does that oh say always? God. Maybes and forever would be rad. Yeah, that says always, but let's just pretend it's maybes. Yeah. We're creating this whole narrative here. It's to the love of my life. I didn't know that a spontaneous trip to Europe w- work would would put me. You know what? I don't even. What is it? it it's not even written in any sort of structure that. I mean, these people need to take a writing class is what they need to do. Oh, yeah. Well, you probably have something to talk about that with. I would have never. Wait, okay, what was it? Um, you, we went to, they, they went to their hometown for going in the city that day for we posted that specific pic on my Instagram. See, you know, they talk about the Instagram. Then they don't show the Instagram account. And that's really bad marketing as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. Hmm. This is going to turn into a how, what not to do. Yeah. But, it, I mean, the thing that's fascinating to me is I've never come to a place and opened, well, so there are these, like, what is it, like a chess table and it has drawers. And I, we open it up and there's all these receipts. And not just necessarily from the place that we, not from where we are. This one's oh, from, from this is from Pink's Hot Dogs. Yeah. And this guy says, my friend from Texas came to visit this weekend, took her on a tour of L.A. and San Diego. A good time was had by, for all. I love SoCal and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Be good to each other. Yeah, sorry. Be good to each other. Peace and love, Adrian. All right. Well, listen. I think we were meant to spread this message. Adrian, we'll call him Saint Adrian. This is this. Yeah, yeah, Adrian. I I believe there, he's a he's a Messiah or a prophet. It would be more of a prophet of sorts in the Muslim uh, religion, right? He's a, yeah, and don't leave me there, man. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> no, no, no. I totally screwed up the Muslim religion right there. I, I like single-handedly just, uh, um, I just, what do you call it? I did the stupid thing where everyone's going to be mad because I did it wrong. Well, let's, okay, so let's make it right. See, now we have an opportunity. There we go. Um, Help me. Uh, well, I mean, you know, let's just... He was joking about that last comment. Um, it should not be... Peace and love? 
No, you. You were joking. Oh, oh, okay. You were joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's call him a saint. We can call him a saint. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Let's just stick with saint. How about that? Anyway, Adrian is doing good by spreading this message of love in this day and age. So um, that's which, all. Which is what we need. And he's also spreading the word about Southern California, which is a remarkable place. And that segues into how in the hell did you end up here? <laughs> you are good. Um, it. I came here for film school. Uh, I went to Loyola Marymount University. Uh, it's been, it'll be about 25 years in August. KXLU. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was working as an, I was, I was working in news. I, I went to, my undergrad was in, gr- in journalism and I graduated from UK. And then once I graduated, I just thought, I don't want to do news. I want to make, make up. Actually, I, th- I thought I was going to come out here and be a documentarian. And then I came out here and I thought, oh, I want to make up stories. This is more fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I, I ended up here. And I have been working as a, a producer editor because I had the skill of editing. And I thought, well, while well, I'm waiting for my three-picture deal because everybody that comes out of film school right. makes it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to do this thing for a while. And then it ended up being this lucrative content creator for companies like Miramax and Weinstein before the, right. the eventual yeah. fall. Um, and uh, and then that also that kind of worked hand in hand with writing, and yeah. it just allowed you know because editing is is sort of I look at it as, as the other end of it, mm-hmm. writing. You know, you're you're telling a story, you know, oh, yeah. on on the end, you know, in the back end. Yeah. I, I forgot my words, but um, yeah, and so I love it here. I mean, I think when I was younger, I always had this dream of coming to California, but I didn't I didn't I didn't think I was going to work in the industry. You know, when you're Middle Eastern, they want you to be a doctor. So I thought I was going to come out here and be a doctor and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was always California, always California. Love it. It's it's so. I mean, coming from Kentucky, also back then, where it wasn't you know Iraq wasn't a household name really until the first Iraq War, and then it was an unfortunate household name, and then the second Iraq War, which ha- what happened when I was here, the second Gulf War, I should say, and um, and then it was kind of oh, we're so sorry for what we did to your people. And it was, so it was this interesting, like, you, the, the um, uh, attention I got was for different reasons. Yeah. But just, you know, going from Kentucky where, it, you know, it's progressing, but it's still, it wasn't as much of, there, there was no diversity back yeah. then at least. I can't speak to it for now. I'm, for, I mean, I think now it's a lot better. But when I was there, you know, just coming from there to California and the weather, forget it. I mean, I loved it. It was, yeah, it was, it was heaven. It's my, you know. It's my place. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, so I, I really didn't know the art. So I, I had a film that came out um, uh, last year, and I didn't know the art of editing until I saw a rough cut, and I was like, oh, my God. And I flipped out, and the director was like, yes, Tony, the screenwriter writes the film, and then the director does a, like a rewrite on set almost, and then the editor does the third rewrite, and I'm like, Thank you, everybody, for making me look really good. It's just it, an editor can make or break a film or a TV show. It blows my mind. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I think we're, we're getting our due, editors, more now. But, um, yeah, it's so true. It's, oh, yeah. it's, I always tell people, you know, that because I teach a short film writing class at Loyola now. And uh, a couple classes, actually. Um, and I tell them, you know, if you want to be an editor, be an, like that's a great way to get it because it really forces you to look at, you know, especially when you're doing when you've made the film or something. Oh shoot, what? Oh, wow, I really messed up there. I should have gotten this coverage and that kind of kind of thing. So, it's a great and you know it, it's a great 
it pays. It's a great skill. It, it's people are always want editors, and it's a great way to just like not talk to you know if you're a misanthrope, <laughs> like some of us sometimes are. You can sit in a room and just you know play with images and not have to talk to people. Sit in a dark room. So, you know. Until one day you write a memoir and you completely throw your life out to the world on a very intimate level. So how how does this? How do you how do you go? Wait a second! I need to tell my story. This this is good, and boy, I'm going to embarrass myself as well and my whole family. <laughs> yes, um, that was. I was more worried about the second part, and I think that was a. It was a concern. You asked about my mother. I, I joke. You know, she jokingly. Well, I, actually, I don't even know if it was a joke. But in the beginning, when I started writing it, she goes, "You're not going to use my real name." <laughs> And I said, but what do you mean? She goes, you have to make up a name. So I think in the book, you, I never refer to her by her name. Okay. Because she... Did you give her no, no, no. I mean, I just call her mom. Like, she is oh, my yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah. But I thought, let me get around, let me get a, around this somehow. Because I can't, like, I can't make up somebody. It's not my story. Um, it was, you know what? It was, it was liberating. It was exhilarating, liberating, and it freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. It was so, it was weird because you're writing... It's, you know, sorry, I think I just, did I tap something? Okay. Um, you know when, how it is to put yourself out there, it's you, it's you. I mean, when you're writing scripts or movies or whatever, or, po you know, fiction, it's fiction. It's somebody else. And I had been writing a version of my family, you know, my spirited family, my crazy family, my, my crazy Iraqi family for, for many years in, in various forms. I, you know, had pilots optioned and things. And so, but now here's me writing as myself. Um, it was a mentor who, you know, I had a, a series of uh, uh, vignettes or a blog essays, you know, posted. And he said, why don't you take all of that? Have you thought about it and put it in a book? And I, and I had thought about it, but I, it was kind of down on the, you know, at the, on the back burner. And I thought, all right, let me try this. And I started writing it. It kind of, it was a timing thing. I started writing it. I thought I was going to self-publish it. I, my then manager got me an agent. Oh, good. Don't self-publish. Do not self-publish. Yes. Yeah. I, I just thought whatever. I, I tell my students that. Do not. Get the agent. But see, well, that's the thing. Like, how, how is it easy to get an agent? I mean, I, I kind of lucked into it. So I. No, it's hard, but it should be hard because then you, then you find out what's wrong with your book still and what needs to be rewritten. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, and you know, okay, so when you write, as you know, when you write a book, you don't, or when you're sending it out, you don't write the whole book. You write the a quarter or a third of it or something and, and just give them an idea of what it's going to be. For, for memoir nonfiction. Right. Is yeah. that, oh, is, it, is that what it is? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then, yes, for that. So, see, I don't know anything. Um, no, 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 you know a lot, but I just, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's good to be specific. Yeah, yeah, because the novelists, they pretty much have to, you've got to turn in the solid draft. Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, yes. For the most part, unless you're big time famous like Irvin Welsh or Chuck Palahniuk, and then you just go... Yeah, I have a thought. And they go, here, money. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm, uh, I didn't mean to be a dick. I know you work hard. <laughs> They've earned that, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, I stand corrected. Yes, I saw, again, I only speak for myself. So if I sometimes ramble out of, then just know it's, I'm speaking. So for me, for the purposes of what I did, they required just to do a, a manuscript. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as I, I was writing it in linear, you know, from the weirdest part, my, my weirdest parts of fitting in were when I was younger. So I wrote it, you know, and I kind of went through. And at the time, I didn't think anybody would really care, to be honest. I thought, you know, who, you know, it, nothing really horrible happened to me, right? Um, 
And so I kept, you know, writing it, and, and I made it funny. I, I, add, I, made, I, I made it extra, trying to make it funny. Yeah. And I think the first round of rejections that we got from publishers were, well, we like it, but she's getting it in her way. I mean, she's not, she's, she needs it, you know, with the shtick, it's too much. And so thank God, you know, again, yeah, I pulled back and I went, all right, you know what, I'm just going to tell my story then. Yeah. I'm going to tell my story, and instead of trying to appeal I think that's what—that's the thing. I was so insecure about my writing and my story. I wanted to appeal to everybody, yeah. and I thought, no, let's just tell my story. Yeah. It maybe will be interesting to some people, um, and maybe some people would either find it, you know, relatable, yeah. or they will say, oh, I know somebody who this, you know, who's like this or whatever. Yeah. Um, and as I was writing it, it was—I w- I had the fortune of talking, or I, the, I was fortunate to talk to people as I was writing it and it was uh, it was so great because I was able to connect with them and they and they did tell me that yes you know what oh my god I felt the same way in high school or you know like you said you know I, I couldn't you know when I was a kid I was too embarrassed to go to the bathroom and back then I thought I mistakenly thought it was just my problem because I was an immigrant I thought everybody like I would have looked at you and said oh but come on he's got a you know American name Western name whatever he's fine because I didn't I wasn't told because my parents were also trying to fit in they were also trying to assimilate and so they didn't have the time to really tell me it's cool you're a kid everything's scary whatever you know what I mean so anyway I think I'm diverging off your question but the point is that Oh, cool. Okay, so I yes, yeah, so I, I kept writing and um, and it was great because the more I wrote, the more I talked to people, then I, I found oh it kind of buoyed me to keep, to keep going, and then this was around 2016 when I started anyway, so things were changing, you know, oh, yeah. Trump was happening and all of that stuff. I call it the Great Depression in my mind. Right, but out of it came, I mean, we can that can maybe the the subject of another podcast but but out of it like I, I say in the book he was a catalyst for this for the people that were kind of maybe taking a, a seat a back or sitting back in their seat what's the phrase I'm not from this country not taking a back seat people just leaning back and just kind of going okay everything's fine suddenly people are like whoa and again these are just you know mainly my friends that were saying this but I felt like a lot of people I talked to were like well we you know in the previous administration, we just kind of thought everything's fine. Okay, great, we're moving forward, and now all of a sudden, this stuff is happening, and you know, all of this vitriol, and 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 what do we do to combat it? We only have our own individual voices, and yeah. people started speaking up, and for that, I am so I'm just grateful for that people are doing that because then, you know, also it it allowed me to to tell even go deeper with my stories, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, I'm being authentic and the concept of intersectionality and all of this, all of these things that had, had existed, but I discovered them around this time when I was, you know, so it kind of came hand in hand. So it, it made the process, it, it took it off of the terrifying and more, it made it more rewarding. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the same time, um, when you, you know, because sometimes using humor is a, a, a self-defense yes. mechanism. So what was it like to dig in um, and go, oh, I got to pull the humor out? Wait, I have to be more real with myself? I mean, that's scary, I would think. Yes, it was, it was for me, especially, because I spent my life doing that to deflect attention away from me. 
you know, I was a kid that didn't want attention. And so when I was writing this book, every chapter that I wrote, it was about, okay, this is about my story, but how can I connect with someone else? So it became less about me and more about being relatable. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, in the humor, you know, I have this brilliant editor, Kim Lim at Skyhorse, and she, you know, in the book, there's a lot of asides and a lot of footnotes, and, and we, you know, she went through and pulled back a lot of them. And so I think that, that, that was helpful because it was just, she's like, do we need this? Okay, fine, we don't know. But, you know, so it's kind of taking out some of the stuff that I would add in. And she's like, you don't need this. It's just for deflection. What are you doing? So, yeah, yeah. so the, you know, it's, it's important to have a good uh, agent and also a, a great editor yes. without, who, doesn't, who does, you know, streamlines your work without compromising the yeah. integrity of the art. Oh, my God, did I just use that phrase? <laughs> Shoot me in the head. The integrity of my art. No, no, I have a cigarette in my hand right now. I'm just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing all black right, right. and a beret. No, I'm kidding. I'm far from it. I'm wearing a jean jacket, reading these love notes from Adrian to the world. All right. And now I lost my thought because I was just like, oh, now I know what she's wearing. And, you know, my, my attention diverted. Okay, so we were talking about um, something a minute ago and it was really amazing. And then, and, then, and then my brain just had a brain fart, which happens often. Yeah. And this all stays in. So, uh, this is in the podcast. Good. Okay. Good. So, we like mistakes. Yeah, that's good. It's called it's being authentic, my friend. Yes. Yes. I, I, that's what I was going to bring up is um, the uh, the empathy that happens when you read the long form of a of a book like yours, where you know if somebody, I mean somebody in Kentucky who's never met anyone from the Middle East or never, you know, they could get into it and then go, oh wait, and that I just love the empathy thing. Empathy is just like my whole life goal. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. No, that's 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 very flattering. That's that's what I'm hoping. And, and yeah. so far, that's what I'm getting is that people are empathetic. They're they're finding it relatable yeah. um, to some part of it. Yeah. You know, there's so much in there. I mean, there's so many levels to it too. It's it's. I think I come at it with. I always I I was always leading with being an immigrant, right. but under that, you know, I'm just a awkward. Yeah. person, you know, an introvert, whatever, who doesn't like. And I think I would hide behind the immigrant thing because I didn't know, I didn't, you know, a lot of that is a product of not seeing yourself reflected. You know, I think I was listening to NPR on the way over here and they were talking about um, One Day at a Time that just got canceled and how TV, you know, is it, why, we need to re- re- see ourselves reflected on TV a lot more. The, the, you know, the various groups of people and ethnicities and certainly with Arabs. I mean, that's, that's a thing. But, um, because so they all portray doctors on TV, right? Isn't isn't that kind of true? Yeah, we'll take doctors. No, yeah, I mean yeah. because for a while it wasn't. Oh, for a while it was terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah you're, like, you're like, thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, it's there. I mean, that's what it is. But it's yeah. it's. But see, here's the thing. It's it's so important to talk about. Yeah. That's my big thing. Is that nothing is sacred. I don't think anything should be sacred. I mean, right. even you know what we're talking about right here is is great have a conversation because you never know somebody could be like oh I didn't know that or you know even my own friends I mean when I was writing this a lot of people and I talk about the the Muslim stuff because my religion is is, I find it's very personal and I believe in the the tenets but I'm not a visibly presenting Muslim I'm not wearing a hijab I'm not you know you know you 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 wouldn't know that I was Muslim you know Um, and I don't really I don't lead with that so much um, you know, in day-to-day life. Yeah. And so sometimes people, that throws them off because I have found that 
I don't want to generalize here, but I found that sometimes it's easier to put people in a box to make to, to understand it and not, and not in a bet not in a negative way either like I don't think like if you did that or if somebody else did that I wouldn't say oh they're ignorant it's just we all do that because yeah. we want to find we want to kind of make sense of things I did it I did it to myself I put myself in the immigrant box and I just went I'm weird and I'm an immigrant you know so um, well I think we're always trying I mean we're always trying to define ourselves and who we are like even me and you at this table, we, we were having a conversation. So it's just like, okay, what's the definition of me compared to, like even as we look into each other's eyes and we talk, there's there's a, um, you know, oh, is this, is this, you know, I can tell, I was like, that's not a good thing to say. That was really stupid if you if you give me a certain look. And I, I, I don't know where that's going because that has nothing to do with the compartment. Is that, it does? Okay, was I going somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you were. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the thing is, is you're right. We're always, that's a really good way of putting it. It, it sounds like, well, I'm going to rephrase what you said. Yes, please do. Which make I'm probably going to, no, I think I'm going to make it worse, <laughs> is that we're con- we're reframing our, our identities as yeah. it relates to other people, right. as how we fit into the world. Yeah. Um, that's a really good way. Yeah, that's a great way of, of I'm going to use that in future promotions. Yeah, I'll, totally. I'll I'll trademark you. You can just put. No 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 no. Don't even don't, don't just you just take it. You're, it's fine. I won't use it. Yeah, it's I, I already I already forgot how I said it. So you're good. Yeah. All right. Well, you're gonna hear this podcast again. So I hate listening to myself. I can barely hear this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for the other people. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's that's a really that's I think that's what I was instinctively hoping for, but yeah. I didn't really know where I didn't, you know, you don't start something thinking, okay, I want it to have this end goal. You just think, I hope we connect with connects with people. And, um, but yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good way that, you know, it's just another, it's just, this is just my story and it doesn't mean it's everybody's story. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to, you can't compare me to this other person who happens to have my same background yeah. You know, because we're still then different people. So yeah. now I'm going to ramble. So, um, Wait, now, okay. So I'm going to ask you the question. You can tell me just shut shut the fuck up, and then I won't do it. But I, I do have a question about like when people like with the, with Iraq and the um, the culture where people were treating essentially the Arab population like shit for a while, like the general consensus. Then all of a sudden it turns around and it's like let's start to understand. Is there? Some, I mean. For me, if I was in that situation, no, I was I was in that situation in a very weird and different way, but um, and it and it really pissed me off. It pissed me off when I was treated nicer for being in a different situation where people let me off the hook, and all, all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, I had to go through all that shit, and now everything's okay. No, it's not okay. That was me. I don't know if if you had this. Um, you mean so? You mean I was in a, a, a culture that was m- maligned, and then then it was then it was yeah. became the victim. Uh, yeah, you, you know what? In hindsight, sure. Yeah. But I think at the time, I really just wanted to fit in. So it's just like, oh, yeah. yeah. So and, and you know, I'm not proud of it, but that's yeah. how it was. I just wanted to fit in. So, um, uh, you, you know. The first Iraq war happened, or I, I keep calling it the Iraq war, I'm sorry. The first Gulf war happened in 1991. I was in England at the time. And, you know, I was, you, I have an American passport that says Iraq on it. And the guy was like, the border or the security person was, you know, was like, what do you, did you, oh, Iraq, I mean, it, 
I was detained. Yeah. And I thought, it's, it's interesting because back then I thought, oh my God, well, phew, I hope I never go through this again. Right. Little did I know um, it that, the that it was the beginning. Yes. But luckily, I, I think I've been fortunate and that I haven't, or maybe I'm just so, you know, terrified of authority that I'm like, okay, I'll do whatever, you know, sure. Yes. Yes. Here to right. search my bags. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it, it went from that to, you know, and, and, and my classmates in my journalism classes who should know better saying, well, let's just bomb the hell out of them. You know, my fiance's over oh my there. God. I remember yeah. That. I remember that shitty talk. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I was, um, yeah, I was on a temp job. This just came to me. I was on a temp job. My boss was just a horrible racist idiot. And, um, and so she said, uh, she was just like, we just need to bomb the whole Middle East and everything will be fine. And I was like, well, you know, that's when I lost my job. Cause I, cause she said <laughs> this in front of everybody. And I was like, well, you know what? Yeah, and let's go just shoot up like all of the southern racist states. Why don't we do that too? And then that'll, that'll clear out racism. And she was just like, "Dare you, you know, question me?" And then I had a new temp job the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I couldn't believe that type of bullshit thinking. I was going, "This is the wrong way to go. Don't talk like that." Well, you know what? Thank you for saying something. I really appreciate. I mean, oh, you know. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I just. The way I grew up, I can't stand down. I have, and that's you know that puts me in situations where I get I have to go find a new temp job. But but hey, fuck those people. I don't want to be around them. Exactly. Yeah. See, I mean, and that's the thing. I think more people are saying fuck those people now. Uh, I'm hearing because back then I think it was. I don't know, it was a, there's still fear everywhere, whatever. But yeah. um, God, I wish I could remember her name because I would say her first and last name right here. Damn it! But you know what? Maybe she's maybe she's reformed. You can't. You don't know. No, I want to judge her completely. Please, please. <laughs> you have to turn the other cheek. No, I mean maybe she. You know, listen, maybe she met somebody from that region, right. and maybe she married somebody from the region, right, exactly. and then she's like, oh, I, you know, the error of my ways. You never know. Oh, so I want my resentment. I want to hang on to my resentment. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're you're saying everything that's like really healthy for like my mental state, and I'm just being a dick about it. So. Uh, listen, but I've had a lifetime to work through that stuff, so I can yeah. sit here in a podcast and right. say all of it now. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, that's the thing. So we went from that we we were the feared people to suddenly yeah. we were the victims because you know at least um, after so yeah nine eleven then George um, then W was at least you know came forward and that said fella. that fella listen I'll take that fella. I'm just saying. I, well, okay, I got to tell you, isn't it crazy now we'll take that fella? Because, man, back then, that was the last fella. I, I, I wanted to, like, excuse my language, bitch slap that fella. And then now, all of a sudden, that fella's okay? We're in a weird time. It freaks me out. We meant well. And, I, I mean, I really, again, being a Muslim, like, that was a thing. Not after 9-11, yeah. we were, you know, that that was just horrific. Obvious, for, for obvious reasons. Right. But then also just the first time that this happened yeah. and I'm in this country and I'm looking around going nobody's saying anything fast enough for my liking and you know because everybody was afraid and they were trying to you know gather their thoughts and so when he came up and, and he said our you know our uh, our fight isn't with the Muslim people I was oh, he did? yeah okay, he yeah. did oh yeah he oh, did cool. he did so then I was like okay great now now let's who else is going to come forward and then yeah. it was quiet and quiet and quiet and I you know I talk about it a little bit in, in the book that it was just kind of, you know, I think there was times where I looked in the mirror and I was like, am I, you know, like, should I be afraid of me? It was just, I, I exaggerate for effect. But the, but the point is that it just was, 
we weren't hearing. I wasn't hearing the other side yeah. of the Muslim. I wasn't hearing Muslims doing good then, and it's taken a while. And thank God, it's finally you know coming around. But it, yeah, so it was just this interesting thing. So there was that aspect of it, and then the Iraq War, and then people now were you know a lot of my friends here. Oh, we're so sorry for what's happening in your country, and. Yeah, you know, so just yeah, you go from being maligned to being feared to being you know this weird identity thing, and then suddenly like you're oh poor you people, right. you know, are you here on asylum? You know what all those stuff. Right, and at the same time you're like, hey, I'm I'm just I'm I'm, I'm a lady in Southern California. I'm like, I'm a lady. And they're like, yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm just a gal just trying to get by. Um, but yeah, no, this is, I think, I think the more we have, I wrote this because I wanted to tell my story and connect with somebody that maybe if they had a story similar to mine, if somebody who was 19 now and maybe can connect to some part of this, then, then great. Or you know, just to get the conversation started. Or if somebody can, you know, would be saying, "Oh, I didn't know this, this, and this about. Oh, I oh, I didn't know you could be a Muslim if you did this and this and that. Or, you know, what? Like it's. It, we thought it was a monolithic religion. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and and just to kind of have more uh, representation, just another voice out there, until it no longer becomes an issue. Until I, you know. I am no longer sitting at podcasts talking about this because how boring is it? So passe, you know what I mean? I, 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 I yeah, because I was just thinking about that a second ago. It's like, wow, we're here and we have to bring up 9/11 and we have to bring up Bush, and what a shame! Like, you know, it kind of feels like it, it, it need, it's like always a part of the conversation, and one day hopefully it just won't be, and we can just yeah. be like, I, I don't know how. I think, but also humanity at the same time, maybe I'm way more pessimistic than most people. I don't think there's going to be a way where everyone's going to finally come together and go, oh, let's just go even keel, you know. You know, I, unfortunately, I I don't want to agree with you, but I think, yeah. I hope you're, I hope, I'm, yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope you're wrong to some I degree. I don't. I don't think we'll ever reach a utopia, but I think that people are there's I think what I do is I glom on to the people that that do the good things. I think I think that's really all we can do right now. Yeah. Um because otherwise it's just, you know, what was it after after the election there was a term where people were saying it was like fatigue, uh, there was not election fatigue or post-election fatigue or something where we were so glued to the TV and oh my god this what and this happened are you kidding I mean I think SNL did a joke about it a skit, skit about it which you, the, the judge that was uh, I forget who it was but she was like stop stop it's too much we're exhausted you know yeah. just take a break let's not we, every day it's something new and and you know you just you look at this and you think I, I have to step back and you know yeah. give me cat videos or whatever yeah. you know <laughs> That kind of stuff, you know. I, I stopped listening to the news and even watching the news in 2006, 2016. I just, I'm just like, I know it's bad, and I'm done. Yeah. And I you, know, right? Yeah. Good. I'm glad, yeah, because other, yeah. I felt like I should be informed, but it's... Informed of what? You know, it's just... And then plus news... So much news agency is now entertainment, right? So it's just like clickbait, clickbait. And I'm like, nah, I'm not in. I'm going to I'm gonna read my book by Acer Salman, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go read my other books, and I'm going to be like, okay, now that is news to me because that goes into the story on such a deeper level that I'm, a, I'm emotionally... I'm emotionally affected and attached, and that will carry me through so much more than a, 
you know, three hour news show of let's talk to this expert and they got some, you know, idiot. <laughs> well, I appreciate that part, yeah. the first part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's, thank you. That's, that's, it, it's very flattering because that's what I'm, you yeah. know, hoping to just put something out there yeah. and, you know. Oh my God, I'm so happy you didn't self-publish because if you self-published, then you would have had all those like, then you would have went too hard on the jokes and then it wouldn't, then because then that's when you need the, when you said that the good agent and the good editor, just like filmmaking, when you, when the, that editor can give you just enough punch up to where you're just, it takes a book from good to great. It's, and if I self-published, I wouldn't be on this podcast with you probably. I'd be talking to myself on my own, in my iPhone in my car. Actually, that's very true. <laughs> I, I, people don't understand that you develop relationships with publishing houses and with publicists. And when they're throwing books at your door all the time, you're sifting through that. And when someone goes, hey, I self-published a book, you're like, oh, great. Have fun selling that to your family because I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry, but don't self-publish. No, no. You know, it, it's, not, it's refreshing to hear this because when I was, yeah, when I was in the beginning, people were saying, yeah, self-publish, self-publish. And yeah, so it's good that, you know, you're, you're putting this out there for your future. Uh, who listens? Uh, this is people that are interested in writers, but also writers themselves. Who's your My author? cousin. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Hi. Hi. What's your cousin's name? His name's Rob. Hi, Rob. Yeah. So. I'm glad you're, glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I, people listen. I don't, you know. I don't. I don't hand out surveys, so I. I hope people listen who are interested in writing. If they, if those aren't the people that are listening, I'm really sad because it's not for you. Yeah. Like, this is not a sports podcast. So oh, it's not. <laughs> oh, it did. Are you? Don't put me on. The, no, no, no. Don't put me on the spot. I, it's. I think it is. It's March Madness now, right? It's more what? March Madness. Oh yeah. I. I don't keep up. I have no idea. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm very ignorant of that. But I know what the term March Madness means, and I kind of like that term actually. Yeah. I, I mean, just from my mental state, I go, oh, I'm just, it's March Madness and, Me- and Mercury in retrograde. That's what explains everything. Oh, Mercury, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Look at you. You're a, you're a sports fan and a, an astrology buff. Look at this. Who, who is a, an, arche- an archaeologist, too, because we're finding things in here. I, I just can't get over this, these notes. I know it, I shouldn't be talking about it because your listeners can't see it, but it's pretty cool. They can have an imagination. I, you know, it's we talk what we what we want to talk about, and it's it's no big deal. Yeah. We do what we want, yo. Yeah. Just wait, what do you? Suddenly, I don't care about fitting in anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. What um? What are you working on now? Do you do you have plans to work on another book, or have you? Or uh, or or wait, or that three film deal that you have coming, where you could just sit back and count all yeah. your money, because that happens to everybody. If you mean the three films that I have queued up on my Netflix, right. yes, yes, I'm gonna. I got that. I, you know, I have three. If you have any requests for what I should be watching, those are my three films. No, I um, I'm actually working with a producer right now, um, in turning this book into a show. So fingers crossed, um, and we're developing developing it. And um, I have I've been threatening threatening my one of my reps to, that I've been wanting to write a rom com feature script, and she's like, nobody's buying that. And I'm like, but I want it. But it would be so fun. I mean, would, so I don't know. I may do that next. We'll see. Yeah, I, you know what? Who cares what people are buying? If 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 you got the rom com in your heart and you got the angle of it and you have your experience, it's gonna be, you. Know, you you just do what you love. 
And uh, and I hate it when people like, oh, nobody's buying that now. Maybe in two years they will, and I'll have the jump. By the time I finish it. Oh, that's true. They don't know how slow I am. Yes. I shouldn't say that out loud. I'm fast. I'm very fast. I can meet deadlines. <laughs> I know how to meet deadlines. All right, and then um, so you you've been doing on so okay your on your online dating experiences in the book. Now we'll talk about your dating in uh, Los Angeles. Is that how's that going? Um, well, because I need help. So <laughs> this is actually just for me. Um, well, it's on hold. Um, I, that was an experiment. Actually, okay. did you and I go out once? I feel like we did. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I, I can can you give me my um <clears throat> my travel bag back? I was gonna ask you about that. You know what? No, we went on one date. No, I don't think I ever went. Have we gone out? Maybe I don't know. You look familiar. Really? Well, I mean, was I utterly kind and amazing? Of course you were. You were very nice. I think it was early on. I think I, you know. Did, are you I I feel like we did. Wow. Like early on. Like 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 four years ago or something. I don't know. Like how. how Five years? I don't know. I moved to I was so I moved to LA five maybe years was, ago. Yeah, maybe it was like one of the early. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Huh? Like I was going. I was just you know it was that thing where you're like I, I was told to go online you know right, and right. just meet people and so I met people. So yeah. it was just yeah you were I think if I remember correctly unless you have a doppelganger out there. Yeah, you well, I was going on online dates at that time. So. Um, do I have any any? Did you ask for advice? I don't yeah, know. I, just don't do it. It's. I don't know. It's not dating sucks. Well, it's just yeah, on the online thing. It's yeah. it's not my thing. Yeah. It's not my. I did it and and you know, it's not my. It's not my scene. Um, I prefer you know. It's it should just be organic. Yeah. So. I mean, everything else is organic, and then dating's not organic anymore. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I know. I. I don't even know my my best friend like the the things that she likes to do on the weekends or whatever. You know what I mean? Like then you're right. gonna meet somebody and right. go, what do you like to do for fun? I don't know. It changes every day. I don't have. I don't know. Right. Exactly. So. I like to skydive and bungee jump. Don't you? That's like every single online dating profile is someone skydiving, and I'm just like, oh, do it without a parachute. Just do it without a parachute. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Wait. That might be an LA thing. It's just I, see, I, I when I was on there, it was a guy would guys would be in front of uh, Machu Picchu, right? Exactly. And, and women would be with a like a white a glass of white wine or yeah. something. So that was yeah, yeah. that was the thing, I guess. So anyway. No, the, the funny one is like I love to travel, and then um and then you see them at the like uh, the Colosseum in Rome, and I'm like, no, no, that's tourism. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's not travel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's all commerce, social media. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And then, um, what's the uh, what's the um, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> what is it always? I just came up, and I'm so sorry. Monty Python always uh, always look at the bright side of life. No, is yes, that the, is that the yeah. meaning of life? While you're being crucified. Yes. Did yeah, I? The crucifixion scene. Did I? Did I win? Yeah, Did won. I pass? Yeah, yeah. You get a you get a drawer full of um, stanky notes in the back of a cafe. Well, this one, but from Adrian. Maybe I'll hold on to that one. No, you so, know you should. I feel like you should hold on to Adrian's you, you, note. Okay, then give it to your cousin Rob. Yeah, we'll give it to, we'll give it to my listener, and then um, oh, someone wrote in Italian here. Now, uh, the, I'm looking for another one. So, can you take care of the listeners for a minute? Okay. Um, wait, should I here? Let me read another. Let me. Oh, 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 we found we found a note. I hate that they don't sign them. Is that one signed? Okay, okay. They, do, is there a name? Do we have a name to that? Uh, if they don't have a name, they, they don't get they don't get in. 
I am grateful for us, for this story, for spending my everyday and life with you. I love you. P.S. I'll always choose us. Uh, this love is ours, the greatest love. Da, da, da. Yeah, no, there's no names. Oh, well, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, no, this. Yeah, well, we need to know your name so we can know, we can corroborate. Okay. We, we have to do our, you know, we can't. This is bad journalism if we say that this is the greatest love story that this town will ever have. Right. And we don't, we don't, we can't track down the people to corroborate our sources. Exactly. Right. From, a, from, a, from a journalist point of view, this is just, yeah, yeah. Oh, here. The, Brie, Brie, Brie or Brie says, okay. Li life gets messy sometimes. Remember the love with a sticker, a heart sticker. See, that's a good one. So we'll, 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 we'll do that one. That was Brie. And again, can we get uh, Brie's um, Saint Brie? Or, uh, what, Saint uh, Brie. Now, in, now, in the, now in the Muslim religion, it's not a saint. What would, like, what would someone like Brie be or someone? No, you're not putting me on the spot. Oh, is that being put on the spot? I don't think there's an equivalent. Okay. I mean, it's not that I, yeah. Uh, not that I'm like totally, in a, you know, I'm not a Christian dude, but like Jesus said some cool shit, and the saints say well, some cool shit. Uh, yeah, but the saints had to die. Oh, so am I wishing death on Bree right now? Poor Bree. It's a future saint. Was a tap on the microphone that we can like edit this out? Don't wish death on. No, you know what? Bree deserves a long okay, life. Okay, so so let so let's go out with Bree and um or no? Did you find another one? Oh, okay. So what we're doing, folks, is going through this drawer of, I know, this drawer of hepatitis that is masked as notes. <laughs> okay, I think we've officially crossed over to some territory. The first one was pretty cool. This, I mean, but it's pretty cool. The whole thing's cool. Everything's great. Life is, it was wonderful. The secret of life is, there ain't no secret. That's also, ooh, that's from, that's a country music lyric, though, from Faith Hill. See, I gave, oh, that's a twofer right there. Give you a Monty Python reference and a country music song reference. We got to end on that. That's a high note. Acer Solomon, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks you. Thank, thanks you for, thank you. Good. Thanks you. I speak English. English was not my first language, okay? Can I dr drum that in? People hate it when I say that. They're like, yeah, you've been here for, listen, almost like, I don't know, over, when, when it's, once it's over 30 years, then you can't use that. Excuse me. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure <laughs> chatting with you when I was able to say words. Acer Salman, everyone. Her book is called The Wrong End of the Table, a mostly comic memoir of a Muslim Arab American woman just trying to fit in. Thanks for listening to Drinks with Tony. Have a great week, and I will see you next Wednesday.